Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of brave conversations. We'll be focusing on safe spaces today as we look deeper into Psalm chapter 4. Let's dig in. As we've been discussing this idea of safe spaces, one of the things that we have walked into this conversation aware of is that the church has not always been a place where safe conversations are allowed to occur. That needs to change. As we look at the life of Jesus and we look through the Bible, what we see is that if there is any place in the world where we should be able to have a safe conversation about a difficult topic, about a personal topic, or about a topic that may be gray and not as black and white as we might wish it to be, the church and followers of Jesus Christ should be the most open place in order to have those conversations. But that begins with us becoming the type of people who are safe places to have conversations. And in so doing, our churches and communities will then have safe spaces in which to have difficult conversations. Today, as we come to Psalm chapter 4, we're reminded that the book of Psalms is essentially a song book. Psalm chapter 4, though, has been traditionally called the evening song. Some of the content of Psalm chapter 4 will be familiar to you. Several of these verses are, are used many times in sayings that followers of God have a tendency to say. But whenever we take the entire psalm together, what we see is a song that has been for a lot of people for a very long time, a song or a prayer that is prayed, sung, or read at the end of the day. And you'll see why. Psalm chapter 4, verse 1. Answer me, God, when I call to you. O God, who declares me innocent, free me from my troubles, have mercy on me, and hear my prayer. When we jump into this song, what we find is that the songwriter, who is David, the king, is in a bad place. He's in harm's way. He finds himself in a situation that clearly is not providing safety, but is providing distress, concern for him. Maybe you have had situations in your life where you find yourself far away from safety and feeling very unsafe. This is going to resonate deeply with you. Now, we don't know the situation that's going on here. All that we know is how David feels and how he responds to the situation. Many people, I think maybe rightly so, have posited that what David actually is experiencing here is a knock-down, drag-out fight with one of his sons, Absalom. Now, I don't have time to go into the story, but essentially what happens is Absalom, David's son, wants the throne and is out for his father's head. Now, you may not have had somebody who was trying to murder you, though 
I don't want to make any assumptions. Many of us have experienced the type of situation in our life where somebody was trying to assassinate our character, assassinate our relationships, was trying to cut us off from perhaps our job financially, was trying to cut us off from our family, was trying to cut us off from reality, trying to gaslight. Most all of us who have spent any length of time on this planet will resonate with this idea of calling out to God and praying, hoping, needing to be declared innocent from the charges, the accusations, the things that people are saying about you. It's going to to resonate with all of us, this idea that God, please provide a safe space for me. Free me from this troublesome, unsafe space. Have mercy on me and hear my prayers. Now, the version that I'm reading, the New Living Translation, doesn't translate the second half of the verse quite in this way, but some of your translations will translate the verse, you have relieved me in my distress. Now, the way oftentimes we read that or hear that is you have relieved me from my distress. That's not actually what the songwriter with the psalmist David prays here or sings. David isn't saying, God, you have relieved me from my distress. David is saying, God, you have relieved me in my distress. This means that even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the turmoil and the treacherous things that David is facing, he has still found some sense of safety. It's my prayer for you. That's my hope for you, that even in those moments where you find yourself in deep distress, deep struggle, heartache, questioning, not understanding how you got to where you are, and more importantly, how to get out of where you are, that God will still be able to provide for you, that the church will still be able to provide for you, that followers of God will still be able to provide for you some relief, some safety in the midst of, in the middle of your distress, that there may be this oasis of relief in the desert. He goes on to say, how long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? And in the song, there is this interlude this pause, this this musical bridge where what has been said is allowed to sit and simmer. For anyone who has gone through anything like this where someone is trying to ruin your reputation, who's made groundless accusations against you, who has lied, these are real questions. These are the things that, that make us feel unsafe, and these are the things that oftentimes push us away from the safety of our community of faith and push us away from the safety of our relationship with God. There are many of us who have walked away from God or may currently have been and be walked away from God. We don't feel connected to our faith. We don't feel connected to a faith community because we were unable to reconcile these questions. God, how could you let that happen? 
How could you allow someone to ruin my reputation? God, how could you allow people to make groundless accusations? God, how could you allow people to continue in lying? David doesn't frame the question in that way, which I think is important. What David says is, how long are you going to let it go, God? doesn't blame God for the fact that it happened, but he does. He does ask God how long he's going to let it go. And then he pauses. And he sits. I'm not sure exactly what David was waiting for, but maybe the rest of the song will give us some sort of a clue. David eventually speaks back up in the song and says, You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call him. Even in the midst of this distress that he's walking through, it's amazing to me that David still recognizes that he has been set apart for God for himself. Even though he's in the middle of this distress, there is still this idea that David is special, and you are too. That David is God's, and you are too. And this doesn't change any of that unless David allows it. And the Lord will answer when I call to him. I love that. David doesn't say the Lord may answer in the way that I want him to when I call to him. David doesn't even say that I'm going to know when and how and what God says whenever I call to him. But David is certain, and you can be as well, that God will respond. Even if what you feel and what you hear is silence, that does not mean that God is not responding, that God is not answering. David, speaking to himself here, don't sin by letting anger control you. What many of your versions will say is, be angry and, and sin not. You can be angry. You can be frustrated. You can be darn mad. And yet, still not sin. The Bible says that God has anger. Anger in and of itself is not wrong and it's not bad. But if that anger drives us to harm of ourselves or or of others, Jesus says that's murder. Think about it overnight. Remain silent. Interlude. There's that pause again. And you're beginning to see why this has been traditionally called the evening psalm. It's at the end of the day, whenever that email has come through or that social media message has come up or that phone call happens or or you lie there in bed and begin to recount all of the distress that you have experienced during the day where that anger begins to to well up and it can become difficult your home your mind your your bed is no longer a safe space david gives some advice here think about it overnight remain silent don't don't immediately act just pause Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust God. Offer sacrifices was essentially worship. Offer offer God worship. Offer him praise. What might that be for you? That might be journaling. That might be prayer. That might be singing. That might be reading in scripture. Um, whatever that is for you that helps you to trust God, that reminds you that, that you are in a safe space with God, even in the midst of chaos, that for you is worship. And David says, do that thing. 
I love that what I see here is David coaching himself. Think about that for just a moment. David is coaching himself in the midst of his distress. He's actively reminding himself of who God is, what his relationship with God truly is, and what he needs to do in order to not spin out of control. Sometimes when you don't feel safe, when you're under attack, when you're not receiving help anywhere outside of yourself from the people who should be helping you from the church, from your family, from your neighbors and connections and community, all of those things that are supposed to be there for you when they're not, you have you, you have God. And there are those moments when that is the most important thing that you need to do is to coach yourself through your unsafe space and your fears. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile at us, Lord. David pleads, prays, begs God for better times. And he knows that God can and will do so but he prays that it will be soon. You've given me greater joy, David says. It's almost again as though he's coaching himself here, reminding himself of who God is, how God has been, so as not to forget it. You've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. David says, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people are rich. A lot of people have a lot of things They think those things are providing them safety and joy. But God, really, my greatest joy is in you. And the greatest things that I have received are in you. I think that's true for you and I as well. So, again, here we go. The evening song. David concludes by saying, In peace. I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Now remember, David is in deep distress here. David seems to be alone in this deep distress, so alone that he's having to to now coach himself. His son, his own flesh and blood, his family member is out to absolutely destroy him. And if there is is anybody who knows how to destroy someone, it's blood. It's family. They know you. They know your weaknesses. They know how to harm you. So I don't want us to think for a moment that David David isn't in as bad off a way as you are or as you have been. David here knows what it looks like to face terror in the mirror and to walk through it. So we should listen. You should listen whenever David says that even in the midst of this chaos, there is hope that I can lie down in peace and sleep knowing that, Lord, you're going to keep me safe. You're going to bring me through to the other side. If you have 
no safe space in your life, if the church has failed you with safe space, if your partner, if your family has failed you in offering safe space, if the community, friendships, relationships around you have failed you in offering you safe space, if if your work where you spend most of your time and energy has failed you in offering safe space, you can be assured that God is, will always be there for you offering safe space. No matter what you have faced or face, you must remember that ultimately your safe space is in God. It doesn't make the failure of all of those other influences, all of those other people, all those other places in your life okay? No, it's not okay. And it needs to be called out. And it needs to be fixed. But you can be assured that no matter what you have faced or no matter what you are facing right now, God is still a safe space for you. God is still a safe space for you. This Bible study on Brave Conversations is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, we've got a resource box that we'll send you in the mail as our thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we begin a conversation on infertility and miscarriage. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time. I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.